Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and with us today, it's you know, raining out here, but we're in South Bend, and we are joined by Shia and Mike Tolbert. Mike, you may have heard of in the past. Um, he's a former Carolina Panther and San Diego Charger and Buffalo Bill, and he's been retired from the NFL for a couple of years now. Welcome to the podcast, folks. And we're here in South Bend, not because of football necessarily, but another sport, boxing and entrepreneurship. You all have, uh, have uh, an entrepreneurial bent, and so you're opening up your own fitness joint. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, so it's called Rockbox Fitness, Rockbox Studios. Um, it was all her idea, really. You know, she started working out here over a year ago. You know, she just had her one-year anniversary from working out here, mm-hmm. and she stuck with it. You know, and she, about I say, what, about six months ago, mm-hmm. something like that. She was like, "What do you think about opening one, like franchising one?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "You know, do some research on it." So as the more she started researching it, the more we started talking to people. Like we just fell in love with the people, fell in love with the concept. And me being partial to boxing, because that's what I did as my um, form of training in the offseason. Like I didn't do weights. I didn't do uh, running and all that. I just did strictly boxing. So it, um, it was an easy transition to say, let's, let's go ahead and jump head first into it. So when you look at this, both of you box. Mm-hmm. So do you have that sort of passion too to work out in terms of boxing as opposed to aerobics or weight training or whatever? Yeah, so I actually um, was more of a yo-yo exerciser, if that even makes sense. <laughs> oh, that means sometimes. You know, like, sometimes yeah, yes. <laughs> I would you know, go at it for a couple months, eat great, work out, and then fall off. And, you know, him being a professional athlete, and that's what he did, um, you know, you would think, okay, well, I got to get my tail up, and I got to do something too. But it just, I never found something that I loved. And all the years of him doing boxing as his off-season training, um, you know, had our kids, we went with him sometimes, and we saw, you know, all the agility training and the um, strength and conditioning stuff that his former boxing coach would do. And, you know, I've always loved it. I liked watching boxing, but um, I was never like, okay, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to put on some gloves and start hitting the bags too until um, I came to Rockbox. And it's just been amazing and um, high intensity, high energy. The music's great, and it's just been really good um, to incorporate that and actually find a workout regimen that I've you know been able to stick to um, for a year now so it's been great so uh, do you two spar with each other or is that strictly a no only verbally <laughs> <laughs> we get yeah, into it like every married couple does but um, we, we, we never touch each other okay yeah, so, crazy. so now I guess you're you would qualify as a heavyweight yeah <laughs> What would be, and I know there's a separate scale for women, so which 
weight division would you fall into? Super bantamweight. <laughs> I'm tiny but mighty. <laughs> That's good. There are plenty of boxers who are like that. Right. Um, and so running a business, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, once you've made the transition from professional athlete, I guess you always get the question, so what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Right. You know, you're a young person. And, you know, if things hold together the way they are intended, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have another good 40, 50 years ahead of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So did you ask yourself that when you retired from the NFL? I did. I mean, I, I had no idea what was next, you know. Um, like, I, I tell the story of, of um, like, moving into a new house and the power's not on you. You got to try to find your way in the dark to the bathroom. I'm trying to find my way in the dark when I first retired, trying to figure out what was next, you know. But eventually, the light comes on, which is your idea, and you start putting a plan together. And once you figure it out, you know, it's just like football. You create a game plan, and you try to stick to that game plan. That's what we're doing. So you've got all of this going on. Then how much help have you been or have you given advice or whatever in terms of well, you know, there, this might be something that you might want to check out. We already know that's happened with Rockbox. Yeah. But what about the day that he walked away? Did you ask him that question, too? Like, what are you going to do next? Well, we've actually been talking about it maybe a year or two prior to, you know, him hanging up the cleats. Um, but we never fully figured out, okay, what is next, though? What, what are we going to do? It was kind of like a, we'll see what happens when we get there. And then we'll figure it out. And luckily, he found um, some uh, another business um, thing that he's he's been. You talk about it. Oh, I mean, I didn't know. Um, he started a trucking company, and he's was has been working his behind off to get it going and running. And um, it's between that and having three kids, and we're both home now. It's kind of like just trying to find a balance with yeah. you know. Their schedule, sports schedule, uh, extracurricular activities on top of him working um, from home and in the office with a two-year-old screaming, you know, hey, Daddy, Daddy, I'm hungry. Or, and he's like, I'm on the phone, you know. So, Just learning how to talk and yeah. really talking. Right. Yeah. 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 So you've, you're at home now more often mm-hmm. as the wife and the mother. Are you finding that you have to make some adjustments and, you know, You've got him home every day of the week now, and he's not all beat up. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually love that he's home. Um, I know maybe some of the other wives might say, you know, he needs to find a hobby or he needs to get out the house because he'll drive you nuts. Um, And he likes to golf, you know, on his days that he just needs to decompress and get away from everyday trucking stuff and the kids and, and, you know, and probably me. (laughs) He's like, I need to go hit some balls. Um, But... Yeah, it's been great having him home just because with the way our, our children are eight, six, and two, and so when they started school and, you know, the everyday stuff, he was, you know, gone before they woke up, um, and then when he got home, it was like he didn't have barely, he barely maybe had five minutes to himself before the kids were like, Daddy, and jump on him after he's just had a whole day or a whole game of you know, getting beat up, so... Daddy jungle gym is yeah, what they call it. <laughs> just climbing on him. Like, he can never just relax. They're always on him. Um, but it's been great. I mean, it's... The adjustment is different as far as, like, when you first 
came home, you know, him doing chores around the house. It's something that I'm, I was used to just because he was gone. But um, he's very helpful and very hands-on with the kids. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, my, uh, my grandma mom always used to say the idle hands are the devil's playground. So I always tried to stay busy and doing, <laughs> doing something. So me sitting at home for a month not doing anything, I was getting anxious. So, <laughs> so put those hands on to something constructive. Exactly. (laughs) So now we're recording a week and a couple of days ahead of the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And so we can't talk to you without talking football, obviously. (laughs) So you spent 10 years in the league. You've played in a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You've lost a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, is it, you know, you've got this thing of, I guess, folks will always lament being on the losing side. Is it better to go and to lose just to be able to play in one, or is it just so sucky that you would rather not even bother? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have changed that experience for mm-hmm. anything. You know, I mean, her whole family came out. My whole family came out. You know, we had a great time out there in the Bay Area. Um, obviously, we would like to win, but I mean, the, the experience was more than you know. Um, more than valuable enough to say I'll do that ten times over again. And you've got obviously it's this time of the year when America kind of stops mm-hmm. and yeah. does nothing but have a really good time on a Sunday right. and watch football <laughs> and check out commercials and all that other stuff. Do you fall in line with the rest of us who see the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, this is this is like that unofficial holiday or as a, <laughs> as a former player, it's like, well, you know, I can't watch that. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I've always never understood it. You know, I know some guys that said I, I couldn't, when I retired, I couldn't watch football for two or three years afterwards. And me, I'm completely opposite. Like, I look at football as a blessing, you know. I played 10 years in the NFL. It, it afforded me this opportunity to be in the position I am. So I never turn my back on the game. You know, she, my son wants to play football, and she's like, no. And I'm like, if he want to play, he going to play. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I, I mean, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to order wings just like everybody else. We're going to have nachos, and we're going to probably have people at the house, and we're going to have a good time. We're going to watch the game and probably be a little betting on the side. <laughs> you know how it goes. Absolutely. But no commercial watching and critiquing? Or oh, we that- watch commercials. We do it all. <laughs> Once the channel is on, it'll never change until the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> but what is the best thing about a Super Bowl? Now, you already said it was an experience. Mm-hmm. It was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. But what is the best part about participating in the game okay. and the run-up during Super Bowl week? I would say the best part... There are two parts. So the run-up to Super Bowl week, the best part is obviously the um, the events. But like when you get to do, you get to do things that you don't necessarily get to do as a a guy that's never been to a Super Bowl. So like the media day is crazy. Like yeah. when you've been there, mm-hmm. when you walk in and every player on your team has their own podium. You know, um, seeing Hall of Famers that walk up to you and dap you up, knowing who you are. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Um, but, like, the, the best part about actually playing in the Super Bowl is that after that first play, that first hit, it's just football. You know what I mean? So you automatically know what you're doing. You know your plays. Um, but it's, it's a different type of spectacle. You know, when you playing in the game and you come off the sidelines or you uh, come off the field for warm-ups, 
and you look on the sideline and you see Usher, Steph Curry, you know, um, uh, Ben Affleck, guys on the sideline, you looking like, dang, they here to see us. <laughs> you know, you look behind your bench, you see James Harden and Trevor Ariza like on the front row behind our bench. You know, it's it's, it's fun to have those type of uh, experiences. Those are the folks who can afford the tickets. <laughs> you right, right. They are not cheap. They're not cheap for the no. players that's playing. Yeah. Right. So now the 49ers and Chiefs are playing in this year's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Chiefs. Can you Chiefs? I'm going Chiefs. So one, um, I played in Buffalo. So two of my, I would say my best friends on the team are now with the little Chiefs. Brothers. Like my yeah. little, like my little brother, like Reggie Ragland is like my my homeboy to the end. I only known him for a few years, but that's how tight we became when I played up there. So he's in Kansas City now. And then my boy LaShawn McCoy, I've known him for what going on seven, eight years now. Yeah, Shavy's been around for a while. Right. You know what I mean? I've known him for seven, eight years now, and I'm I'm just rooting for them. I mean, I don't know anybody on San Francisco. So. Yeah, so this isn't an X's and O's thing. This is <laughs> this is relationship. Well, it's relationship, but then also when I look at the X's and O's, San Francisco's effective when they can get after the quarterback. You know what I mean? And that quarterback is hard to get after. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is not a bad quarterback. But the weapons he has, though, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't see San Francisco's secondary stepping up and covering all the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, from Kelsey to Sammy to Tyreek Hill. You know, they got weapons everywhere. Yeah, even Damian Williams like, came on. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and so they they have a bunch of track dudes. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's a lot of speed. A lot of speed. Yeah. So you so you're picking San Francisco. Will it be a I mean, I'm sorry, you're picking Kansas City. Right. So are you expecting this to be a blowout or a close game? I think it'll be close um, until the fourth quarter. You know, I think uh, Kansas City's defense has came on lately. So um, I think it'll be close, but the, the play calling and offensive, offensive uh, game plans for both teams is going to be crazy. You're going to see a, a lot of uh, lot of fun plays in the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. Will there be a lot of points? Um, I wouldn't say I don't know because it 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 depends. I don't know. I mean, this is a game that could easily be a forty-two forty type game, or it could be a fourteen-seven type game. It just depends on how it goes. Yeah, I'm thinking though, if it turns into a defensive slugfest, Forty mm-hmm. Niners will win. If it's lots of points, yeah, Kansas City will be hard to keep up with. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that's my take. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of you know, your own football story. Mm-hmm. You know, and people around here are fairly familiar with it. You're from Georgia originally. Right. You played at Coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. which is, for those of you who aren't that good at trivia, is also Josh Norman's alma mater. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing that folks may not know about Coastal is the mascot, the Chanticleer. You know, so that always throws people off. Right. And what is the Chanticleer? So the Chanticleer is, is the type of rooster that they use in cockfights. But it derives from the Canterbury Tales, which is where the name came from. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I've, I've got that question uh, past 15, 16 years of my life. So I, but I won't ask you to sing the alma mater. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you were undrafted, mm-hmm. signed with San Diego, had a good run out there, 
And then things got really interesting when you signed with Carolina. Out of those 10 years, were the Panther years your best? I mean, you became a pro bowler, mm -hmm. made all pro. W would you agree with that? Um, no. Over the weather in San Diego, it's just better? I would, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I would say as a football player, my best years were my third and fourth year, which were my last two years in San Diego. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, that's when Ladanian and Darren Sproles both left. So um, we drafted Ryan Matthews, and he was injured a lot. So um, I had to step up. So I ended up playing a lot of running back, a lot of fullback, a lot of um, special teams still. You know, I, I think one year, my third year I won um, – uh, special teams MVP of the team, you know, voted on by the teammates. And then my fourth year there, I won offensive MVP, you know, over guys like Antonio Gates and Malcolm Floyd, um, Philip Rivers. Rivers, you know what I mean? Vince was already going that time, but it was it was like my teammates and the coaches realized what I was doing. So I think my third and fourth year is really what uh, catapulted me into the minds of everybody knowing who I was. And when I came here, you know, it was all so much uh, media coverage on Cam and D'Angelo and Stu and Greg, guys like that, that it was easy for me to fit in and just ball. And, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have to be everything like I was in San Diego. I could just fit in and just play good football. But that versatility also is an asset, obviously. Oh, absolutely. In the NFL, if you're undrafted, you better be able to play a lot. <laughs> you better be able to do everything. Yeah. And so the other side of that equation is, you played a position on offense that, for lack of a better term, is being phased out. Right. Fullback. Mm -hmm. Do you look at that and you see it as the evolution of offensive football, or is it just, you know, it's time for the fullback to just go away? I mean, I look at it as, um, I don't think it's time for it to go away. I look at it as, as everything. Like, look at the fashion trends. It's always going to be something that's coming back in style, you know. Um, Everything's going to go full circle. You can look at San Diego in the 80s with Eric Coriel, you know what I'm saying? Everybody started to try to play that type of offense, you know what I mean? They moved away from the power running games, and they started throwing the ball all over the field. You know, all the teams across the league did that. So, And then it started to come back in the 90s with the Dallas Cowboys and Moose Johnson, you know, guys like that. So, I mean, it's going to come full circle. But you got guys out there in the league right now you know, that are really good at playing fullback and doing multiple things at that position. So there will always be fullbacks in the league, whether it's Patrick DeMarco or Kyle Juszczyk or Sherman from Kansas City. You know, you got two really good fullbacks in the Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. but it's it, not a coincidence. Ah, so you have and that's the other thing, too, because everybody is so into Madden and video mm -hmm. and things like that. It's like you've got to throw the ball. But that doesn't necessarily translate in real life. It doesn't. It doesn't. We look at the top offense in the league, where they at right now? About Chilling nine of them, nine of them <laughs> playing in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, they could, they could do what they did, but they had a defensive lineman that they tried to convert to a fullback. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, and they, they played great, but they're not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and in order to get to that level, you do have to run the ball. It looks like teams that love to throw it, for whatever reason, the postseason is not very good to them. Right. For whether it's weather or mm -hmm. just the fences are better or whatever. Right. That kind of thing. So you have 
all of these other things that are going on, you're, you're still a fan. Yeah. And you've worked a little bit with the Panthers mm -hmm. uh, since retiring. Uh, do you see yourself adding any of that to the mix in terms of media and joining this so, side of the fence? <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about it a few times. You know. I think he's really good at it. So it's I something mean, I've pushed for him. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he took on a lot more than he anticipated this season. So between his Panther engagements, such as radio, podcasts, coaches show, um, post-game we'll show. Post show, on top of wife and three kids at home, on top of all their sports activities and trucking company, and then soon to be this. He's like, I don't know if I can do all of that yeah. next season. <laughs> I, can, I can only be spread so thin. But, I mean, it, if, if, if the right opportunity comes, I, I believe I can make it work. But I'm definitely happy about the time I spent doing the media stuff with the Panthers. I'll still be involved, but I don't think I'll be involved to that extent next year. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that I've always been curious about. Mm -hmm. And with your experience with, with doing media, you spent 10 years on the other side of that microphone and that notepad and whatever else. What is it that you learned from your time in media that you had no idea about? Um, well, I, couldn't, I can't say that I had no idea about stuff. I mean, I just, I didn't know what all went into, like, producing a show, you know, something like that. Like, the post-game show we do, it's like four or five people that strictly that's their only job. And the show's 30 minutes streamed across all Panther networks. You know what I mean? So I had no idea about the producers, the cameramen, you know, camera lady. Um, all the people behind the scenes every, that yeah, make all it that. work. You know? you know what I'm saying? I just, I just knew that I come on, I talk, and I go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? But being on both sides of it, I see the benefit of being able to say I was a player, now I'm on this side. Because I can go in any locker room and guys will hear my name or see me and they just open up as to where somebody like yourself go in there and you start asking the same question. They might look at you like, man, if you don't get out of my face, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's just a different type of communication yeah. between players. So it's, can you study your way to that level to where a player to player can talk about it in a certain way? Could somebody who is who has not played at that level, can they be schooled up to talk that Absolutely. language? I, it's, it's, a, it's like a fraternity or something. So I don't know if you're in a fraternity. I'm not. No. But, um, but I don't, so I don't, if I don't know the secret handshake. No. <laughs> but I'm saying it's like a fraternity. I got a lot of my friends that's in fraternities. And, you know, they have a certain level of comfort with people that's in their fraternity, whether it's, somebody that they know and they play as well or somebody that works at Bank of America in Seattle, Washington. You know what I'm saying? If you're in that fraternity, you can call and they'll be like, oh, this is such and such. You know what I mean? So the NFL is like a brother. It's like a fraternity. So I don't think it's no amount of reading or coaching up, so to speak, that, that somebody like myself would give you to say, this is how you break that barrier down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we're talking about Panthers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of changes are going on over there. Uh, just today, they introduced uh, some of the refurbishing that's going on at Bank of America Stadium. There's refurbishing going on inside the stadium, too, mm -hmm. with the new coaching staff going into place, players retiring, players who are on the verge of retiring, 
and all that. When you see what's going on now, it looks like when they kick off in September, that won't look anything <laughs> like what you've seen over the past five years. Right. What do you make of that? Is that just part of the NFL landscape? It's going to happen, or is it like really sudden here? I mean, it's. I would say it's part of it, but it it it's, it's been really, um, really unfortunate. It all happened at the same time, you know, going from releasing you know your your head coach, you know, with four or five weeks left in the season, to losing the heartbeat of your team in Luke a few weeks later after. You know, to retirement, and then maybe even losing one of one of the greatest players ever in this franchise history, and Greg Olson, if he wants to retire, you know, um, it and possibly even Cam. We don't know what's up with that situation. So it, it could be. It's a lot that still yet to be determined. But to be honest with you, um, I'm excited about the future. You know, um, the the NFL is trending more at a, a younger generation. You know. Um, that college game is promoted more now in the NFL, throwing the ball around the field, reverses, um, touch passes, you know, things like that, screens. And I think Coach Rule is, is one that has always been successful at doing that. So bringing guys like Joe Brady here and Shaw to run the defense, it's going to be a, a good mix of old and new. I was going to ask, is there no room left for the old dudes? I mean, you look at the way that, that the NFL has been going, they've been pushing the middle class out. For a while. The past <laughs> 10 years, it seemed like, 10, 12 years, they've been pushing the middle class out. You either got really young players or older players that's playing at a, a, a vet minimum type deal or, you know what I'm saying, or it's guys that you just can't play without, like Tom Brady. You know right, what I, mean? <laughs> I think that's the, that's the answer. Who right. is the old yeah. guy that you don't get rid right. of? Yeah. And to me, that's why I think when a lot of people talk about contracts, like Ezekiel Elliott and mm-hmm. it, over the past year with the holdout, you understand the typical NFL career is like three, four years. Mm-hmm. So you need to go make that money while you can. Absolutely. As opposed to, oh, they'll they'll take care of you later. No. <laughs> Ain't no later in this game. <laughs> it's a right now. Right. NFL, man, stands for not for long. <laughs> not for long. If you don't get it now, you won't get it later. Yeah. And so as somebody who played 10 years, mm-hmm. I guess that's even a double blessing when you talk about twice the typical mm-hmm. career span. Well, yeah, I mean, but I had to, I had to get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I worked, I worked my tail off to, to every year because I knew somebody was coming to take my position because I was undrafted. You know what I'm saying? So I had to prove myself every year in and year out. And then when I got here, you know, I finally got a little bit of money, and I had to prove myself because they kept bringing guys in to see if they were better than me. You know what I mean? And luckily. I ain't going to say luckily. I worked my tail off to prove that nobody's going to beat me out for my spot. Is that something where it helps to have that chip? When you're undrafted, some people will argue, okay, you're unwanted, or at least unwanted as far as drafting. Mm -hmm. Is is that the motivator for you throughout your career and now even now that you're out of football? I mean, I don't don't think – I mean, some people might call it a chip. I just call it reality. You know what I mean? I, I've never been the type to um, to be cocky or egotistical, but when I step on the field, I feel like I'm the best player. You know, and I'm going to go out and show you, which means going hard every play, going to try to knock the block off of a linebacker, you know, um, 
and just be who I am. You know, I've always said that um, I wanted my play to just tell you who I was. So being able to go out there and, and play the game the right way, it, it, it's gotten me here, you know what I mean? So transitioning out of this game, I don't know anything else but work. You know, I'm a product of a single-parent mother, you know what I'm saying? So that's all I did was saw her work, you know what I'm saying, two, three jobs to make sure that me and my sister ate. So that's all I know is work. You know, I get up in the morning, take my kids to school, and I come home and I work. Work. I work. <laughs> I go to work. I work out and I go to work. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my office. I'm digging on emails. I'm booking loads. I'm doing taxes. I'm I'm working. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those hands aren't idle. No. No. <laughs> They're idle. That means I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you deserve it. <laughs> so I appreciate you two talking to us today. Chia, yeah. I have to throw I have to throw your name out there first because yes. well, no home is complete without her. Uh, <laughs> and Mike Tolbert. And I appreciate you for what you've done as an athlete, as a man, as an entrepreneur, and thank you for keeping them on the right path. <laughs> <I appreciate it. laughs> thank you. And so for all of you out here who are listening to us, you can get Sports Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network and Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, as well as our website, thecharlottepost.com. You can also check us out with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, the whole rogues gallery of credible suspects. Right. My name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. <laughs>